Miss Jordan Levitt has our special this morning. <clears throat> is my temporary home it's not where I belong windows and rooms that I'm passing through this is just a stop on the way to where I'm going I'm not afraid because I know 
this is our temporary home, the, the sooner we can live and uh, truly live. A lot of people and uh, are only living for this world and only living for this life. And uh, I was preaching the other day about a uh, popular, or mentioned in the message about a popular preacher who is, uh, he wrote a book, very, very popular, and it's the title of the book is called Your Best Life Now. And if that's true, well then that means the next life is worse. And, uh, and certainly we should realize that uh, this is not the best. This is our temporary home. And uh, the best is yet to come. And the best is heaven. The subject matter this morning is about the attitude of Jesus and having a kingdom attitude. All of these uh, little points here you see are points in the message I had to write really small to get those on those little squares, and uh, but uh, those are all of our points in the message this morning. We're going to get there, and as I was looking ahead at how to break up there, here, we're here basically at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and I came to this verse, and I said, well, do I tie this verse into what's next, or do I, I said, no, no, I, I there's too much in the Bible about this verse. And I said, I just have to deal with this one verse. So we're just going to deal with one verse and see what the Bible has to say about our attitudes. So let's stand for the reading of God's holy word, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Again, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you so very much. I'm so excited for those who came out to support Patrick. And uh, by the way, this baptism did not save him. His baptism was of an act of obedience following Jesus Christ as Savior. That he was just that he believes that Jesus was buried and rose again. And that it identifies him with his teachings, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And uh, therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Father, I thank you very much for this opportunity this morning to have a attitude checkup, to see what, not what, Brother Michael thinks about attitude, but what you and your word says about our minds and our attitude, our outlook on life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you uh, for this. Uh, a couple of quick quotes, and different people had different things to say about attitude. Uh, my relationship with God is now a part of my relationship with men. Failure in the one will lead to failure in the, earth, in the other. And this is Andrew uh, Murray. Another quote, The most important thing my dad taught me is that there are more important 
things than me. Can I get an amen on that one? That's a, that's a good one. If you realize in life that, you know, to have an attitude, realize that there are more important things than you in life. But a lot of us can get self-centered, selfish. The Bible is replete with that, that we can get caught up in our own desires. And that is a direct, by the way, you're, if we're selfish or not selfish, did you know that's a direct reflection of not only our heart, but also our attitude? And then John Maxwell said this, attitude, this is the definition. Attitude, one, is an inward feeling expressed by behavior. And have you ever noticed someone, maybe it's one of your kids or a friend or a relative, that, you know, you don't even have to speak to them, and you can look at somebody, and if you know them, and you can tell their attitude. You can just see it on them, and uh, a lot of people wear their attitude uh, very loudly on their uh, shirt sleeve or ever how, how you would say it. And so this, the Bible does have a lot to say about our attitude Very first point, attitude is a choice. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. The Word of God uh, says this. And Jordan, you just did a great job on that song. You knocked it out of the park. Thank you for sharing that with us. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. And uh, just reading the first part, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, and it means anybody, any man, so is he, and goes on a bunch of other things, and and uh, so how you treat others is a choice. Uh, attitudes a choice. The way I choose to behave, the way I choose. To, a lot of people say, "Well, no, I feel badly, therefore I act badly." You can. I've seen people though that they made a different choice. I've seen people that felt badly yet still encouraged other people. I've seen people that were, they were discouraged, but they tried to encourage other people. And that's a hard thing to do. You know why? It goes against a lot of people's natural wiring. It goes against our flesh. A lot of times we only treat, and the Bible says this, if you only love people that love you in return, what reward have you? If you're only kind to people who are kind to you, but this is saying the totally opposite. And you know, this idea was even stated before Jesus, he preached this. this you can find this in other writings and historical writings uh, of philosophers and different ones. But Jesus said, this is, this is it. Now, I'm preaching all this in the middle of his sermon right here before he's listening to get into heaven and hell. And there's two ways, and broad is the way that leads to hell and destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life and everlasting uh, eternity with Jesus Christ. And he's listening to get into all that at the end of chapter 7. But right here, before he finishes this thought, he says, listen, the way you should treat other people, the way You would like them to treat you. And so the Bible says this, and Jesus says this, right here in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we shouldn't treat people uh, uh, kindly just because they're kind to us. If they say, well, you know what, I, I don't like them because they don't live like I do. They don't measure up to my standards. You know what, they don't do things the way I would like for them to be done. If they're nice to me, well, I'll be nice to them. But you see our example, and you can say, you know what, if you're, if you're spiritually minded, if you say, I need to do the right thing, you say, who's our best example? 
Jesus is our best example, okay? Let me ask you this. Were people always nice to Jesus? Were, did people always do things His way? The answer to that is no. <laughs> this means no. This means yes. Okay? And, and then let me ask you this. Do any, does any of us measure up to His standards? Yet, how does He treat us? You see, we fall short in every area. We're, we're not always nice. We definitely don't measure up. means we're sinners. Yet Jesus says that we are to be kind to others just like He was kind to others, checking our attitude, saying, how do I need to treat other people? How do I need to approach other people? And by the way, you say, well, that's Jesus, and we can't do what He did, but He asked us to. Then why would He do that? Was He lying? Was he wasting his breath? No, he wants us to check our attitude. He wants us to check our heart. He wants us to try. The very next point is what I call an attitude indicator. I'm, I'm going to ask for some help with this one. And uh, I'm going to ask, we've got a lot of pilots in the church. I've asked one, Mr. James McKinney, if you just walk on up here. He doesn't really want to do this, so y'all give him a hand clap. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's just saying, so Jamie, thanks for helping the preacher out. All right. Now, let me ask you this. There's three screens floating around this. Have you ever seen anything that looks like this? <laughs> you have. Can you tell me, in your own words, by the way, James, the pilot, he called me here a while back last year, the year before, and he said, uh, and that's just a, maybe a cartoon picture of one. I don't know. I just found one. And we flew to, uh, in his plane to Pine Bluff, and we got some stuff, and then came back, and it was really neat. We flew over the church, coming back. Uh, really cool. So what does this do? Uh, it tells you uh, which direction the nose of your airplane's point, either up or down. It's called the attitude indicator, attitude gyro. Attitude indicator, attitude gyro. So there's a gyroscope in that thing. Right, right. Okay. All right. Now... Okay, so if you're, it can tell you which way your nose is heading, That's up correct. or down. That's right. If your nose is going up, what is the plane going to do? It's going to climb. It's going to climb. Go higher. Okay. If your nose is headed down, what's the plane going to do? You're going to go down. Go down. <laughs> okay. And let me ask you this, this last thing, and you've done great, and thank you for coming up here. The last thing, and that is, do, would you say that on a plane, your attitude affects the performance of the plane? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Very okay. Much. Yep, I appreciate it that very much. Oh, that, was easy. <laughs> that was easy. Easy test. And uh, I, attitude, thank you, thank you. And I appreciate him. It was very brave of him to come up. He says, Brother Michael, you do this every week. And I don't. But uh, he's humble. He Man, he checks everything, and he's a very talented fellow. And we have other pilots in here, and uh, Ronnie and Dale, and there's maybe some other pilots I don't know about and in here. But according to him, and he's a licensed pilot, on a plane, and I, I thought it was cool that that dial, that gauge is called an attitude, and I'm sure there's other technical names for it, 
an attitude indicator. That, that's kind of neat. And according to him, and it kind of makes sense to us, your attitude in the plane affects the performance. You can increase speed, decrease speed. good indicator there we go a good indicator is philippians chapter 2 and we'll look at some verses here our standard really is verse 5 so philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 it says this is our attitude indicator with the lord let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus that's our standard that's our standard for our attitude. And as we go through and just taking a look at this little section of Scripture real quick, we see that our standard is Jesus Christ and that we should look at His example. Now it says here in verses 3 through 4 that Jesus was selfless. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Jesus Christ, according to this verse 3 and 4, was selfless. So if I'm going to check my attitude, and if I want to behave correctly, now, again, you say, well, I think my attitude is based on how I feel. Well, that's, that's a worldly lie. Either Jesus said we can do things that goes against our wiring. In other words, to love people that don't love us back. To be kind to people that aren't kind to us. Was Jesus saying, giving us an order that's impossible? No, He wasn't. He was saying you can do this. Matter of fact, I don't think Paul was wasting his breath. It's not in your outline, but Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Jesus was selfless. So what does that tell me? I need to be selfless. In other words, not selfish. It also says in our example that Jesus Christ was secure in who He was. Now this is called, you know, you've, I've heard you can take self-esteem and go to the wrong end of it and say my self-esteem is made because I'm so much better than you. My self-esteem is I'm more talented than you. My self-esteem is that I've got more money than you. My self-esteem is based on something that's wrong. But folks, there's nothing wrong with a godly self-esteem. My self-esteem is based upon what Jesus did for me. My self-esteem is based upon I know that He loves me and I need to love you. My self-esteem, you see that? That's a spiritual self-esteem, a godly or a right self-esteem. And that's what he knew in verse 6 and 7. He said, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery or something to be held on to, to be equal. You know, that's what he means. Basically, if, you ha if you're looking at verse 6, it says, Jesus thought it not robbery. It means something to be held on to or grasped. You know what Jesus, when he became human form and flesh, you know what he did up in heaven before he became down, he became a baby? He took off his crown. Set it aside and I go down and I'll become a man. That's what he did. 
Jesus Christ set that aside for me and for you. You bringing me some batteries? Half time. Yep, I can get that out. Reckon that'll work better? There we go. Thank you, Well, It's called a battery indicator. <laughs> All right. Looking at that. There we go. Just pop that in the pocket. The last thing about Jesus, he was submissive in verse 8. And Thank you, Will. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. One of the things that um, we find out, and a lot of people find out, maybe if I turn it on, it work better. That a lot of people find out. <clears throat> And that, uh, how many people in this room right here are still in high school? Lift your hand. Anybody in high school? Lift your hand. You have several high school. <laughs> several wish they were still in high school. You're still in high school, yes, as the teacher. It took me a second, Miss Barbara. And uh, I know where, I had to think, where's she coming from? She wanting to be younger? Oh, no, she's still in high school. That's right. And... Uh, <clears throat> One day you're going to get out there like Miss Barber and we're going to have a job. And it doesn't matter. You say, man, I can't wait till I get out of the house and I can do whatever I want to do. Any adults want to agree with that? <laughs> you get out of the house and you're still got to be submissive to something or somebody or a job or a boss. But guess what? You know, or your wife or whatever the case may be. You know, be submissive. But, our, you know, and all that aside, our ultimate, who was Jesus submissive to? He was submissive to his Father. And that's the ultimate example of who we need to be submissive to. So again, oh, by the way, it was a choice he made, which is also our, you have a choice whether to be submissive to your heavenly Father or not. Again, attitude is a choice. Moving on, the heart indicator. You know, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, real quick, just flying through and speeding things up. Listen very closely. God looks at the heart. And He doesn't care what kind of clothes you have. He wants to know right now whether your heart is open or closed, if it's black with sin or, or white with the, because the shed blood of Jesus Christ has been put on it. In other words, how's your heart this morning? We all have a heart indicator. How we treat other people, listen to this very closely, because people look at the outside and, and, folks, we all judge each other. We shouldn't, but we judge each other inside. That's one sin. If you tell other people what you think of other people, then you've committed two sins. That's judging verbally then. But, you know, we think about it on this, how we treat other people is not the gauge of who you are. It is not, but it is the gauge of who you're living for. Did you understand that? The way you treat other people does not determine what kind of person, because we're all sinners, who you're living for. We're either, to, we're either trying to please Him or ourselves. You know, people can be very frustrating. You're, okay, I need to be nice to other people. I need to be nice to other people. You can tell a man 
that there's 300 billion stars in the sky. And man, there's 300 billion stars up there in that sky. And uh, he'll believe you. But if you tell a man that, uh, hey, this paint on this bench is wet, don't touch it or sit in it. Well, he'll have to touch it or sit it just to say, hey, I wonder if that, you know, dealing with people can be frustrating. People, you know, dealing with people, people want the front of the bus, the back of the church, or the middle of the road. <laughs> you know, people want to, they're all wired different. Everybody's different. People can be wired different. People can act different. Some people are naturally kind. Some people are naturally unkind. Some people are wired uh, vocally, some people are wired quietly. But the Bible says that we're to love them all. Why? Because He did. And Jesus also died for them. He died for them. That's why they're important to you and I. Or should be important to you and I. I want to give you a what I call an attitude application. For one week, treat every person you meet like they're the most important person on the earth. You will find that they most likely will begin treating you the same way. But it's all about attitude. Most of us won't because we say, well, you know what? I tried that once. It didn't work. I tried to be nice, so I'll tell you what, it's everybody for themselves. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. You better look out for yourself because nobody else is. That's the attitude of the world and not the attitude of Jesus, is it? It doesn't match his teachings anywhere. It doesn't live up to what he believes. You know, attitude... In the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about attitude. Attitude can give you an uncommon perspective. You know what Israel said about Goliath? Israel said this. This is their attitude concerning Goliath. He's so big, we can never kill him. But David had a different attitude. He said, he's so big, I can't miss. That's a different attitude. And You see, it's all about attitude and the way you look at a problem. You know, there was this new foreman on the job. And, the work, you know, he was hard driving foreman. And, and the worker said to him, don't you know that Rome wasn't built in a day? And then the foreman responded. He said, yep, but I wasn't a foreman on that job. You see, it's all about attitude, isn't it? Which way you look at it. A very famous architect asked, they asked him which one of his works he would select as his masterpiece. An architect at the age of 83 replied, my next one. That's, see, that's, again, that's about attitude. One man in Ohio had a job for an interstate trucking company. Knowing the hundreds of miles he logged weekly, somebody asked him, how do you keep on these long-haul trips from getting so tired? He said, well, it's all about your attitude. Some drivers go to work in the morning but I go for a ride in the country. Again, you see, it's all about your outlook or your attitude. Well, let's wind it up this morning and how to have the right attitude. 
Well, our text says this. Matter of fact, I had someone yesterday. They said, uh, Brother Michael, is there really a verse that says, uh, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? And I said, yes, but it, it's not, you know, our verse, our text verse was not worded quite that way. It's worded, it says the same thing. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Think about that. Is that not simple? That's real simple in its wiring. There's nothing complicated about how to do that. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. So that's, again, where are we getting this? Is this verse some, from some unknown psychologist? No. This verse is directly from God's Word. If we're going to have the right attitude, if you want to do this, if you want to have the right attitude according to Jesus Christ, let's notice some things that he said and Paul said in the book of John, chapter 12. <clears throat> the Word of God says this in verse 24. <clears throat> barely, barely, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it shall abide, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He, then this tied together, he basically gave a, a parable or an illustration in verse 24. Every farmer in Ashley, County's, in Ashley County knows how this works. You put a seed in the ground, it ceases to be a seed. And new life comes out. You have to die in order to live. Die to what? Die to selfishness. Because look at verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. What is this verse telling you and me? You and I are naturally selfish creatures, and you have to let self die. And I want to obey God. I want to obey His Word. I want to do what pleases Him. I want to treat other people the way He asked me to treat you. That's the attitude. That's the change. I've got to let selfishness die, and I've got to put you first. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20. Now this... Of course, it's just a verse. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible or marked, if you're marking your Bible, this is an awesome verse. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. My life is not about me. It's about him. Did you follow that? So, if we're going to do this, if we're going to live for the Lord, if we're going to do what's right, this unknown author penned this. To laugh is to risk appearing the fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out for another is to risk involvement. To expose your feelings is to risk exposing your true self. To risk to place your ideas, your dreams before the crowd is to risk their loss. 
To love is to risk not being loved in return. To live is to risk dying and to try is to risk failure. But folks, the greatest risk must be taken because to the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, and is nothing. Jesus Christ took a, a risk for you. He wants you to make a choice this morning. Attitude's about a choice. Attitude is a choice. How you treat other people. This is after you get saved. You're going to, you got to choose right or left. How am I going to treat other people? This way? My, you know, in other words, the way I feel like in my flesh or the way Jesus told me to. The way that God's Word instructs me to. The most important choice you'll ever make, of course, is concerning heaven or hell. It's, it's a choice. Jesus died for you, rose again. Baptism does not save anybody. Because if it did, I mean, there would be a lot of people that if you're in the desert, you can't get baptized. If you're on an airplane, you can't get baptized. If you're on a whatever, you can't be immersed in water. It's what the word baptism means. It's just an act of obedience, act of immersion. If Patrick would have somehow, if something would have happened to him before he got to the waters of baptism, would he still go to heaven? Yes, because of the work of Christ. Because he asked Jesus Christ into his heart to save him. To be his Savior, realizing that he was a sinner. And we're all sinners. That's why we need a Savior. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, whatever the Lord may be laying upon your heart, it's between you and him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for allowing us this time to... Look at your holy word to see what it says about how we treat other people, about how uh, our heart is. Our heart without you is deceitfully wicked. Our heart without you is unkind, unmerciful. Help us to reflect you in our actions, in our treatment of others. Help us to think through your Holy Spirit, we praise your name for answered prayer. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen.